Kenny Pickett era for the Pittsburgh Steelers has begun. What does that mean for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense and the team as a whole? I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. We are going to talk majorly about Kenny Pickett and what he brings to the Steelers offense. I want to start with what he brings to the game overall. We'll get more specific in the second half. We saw him put up two touchdown drives in a half, which matches Mitch Trubisky's best half, 14 points. Mitch Trubisky has not had a half better than that, and he's only had one half of a game where he's put up two touchdowns. And that's in three and a half games. You know, seven halves. He has played seven halves in the NFL this season. One of them involved 14 points. Kenny Pickett's very first half of action, 14 points. Also, he threw three interceptions, right? That's not great, but to score 14 points and put up three interceptions, you've got to sit there and think, okay, if he can, you know, if the, if one of those interceptions falls incomplete, if Pat Firemuth jumps up but just can't get hands on that ball and doesn't tip it, right? It just, it, you know, or he puts it a foot higher in the air. That's an incompletion. Maybe they live to fight another down. If that ball to Chase Claypool, if Chase Claypool is able to win it, or you know the ball is placed a little differently and it's a reception, what do we get there? When, when we give these ifs for a veteran quarterback, it, it's hard to see, you know, like this guy knows what he's doing. Mitch Trubisky has been in the NFL. He's thrown a ton of passes. You're not going to see him suddenly be like, oh, hey, you know what? I can't get away with that in the NFL. I have to throw it better and then throw it better. If that was going to happen, you'd think it would have already happened. Kenny Pickett, this is his first game. I want to quickly compare it to another quarterback's first game. You've probably seen some quotes to the likes of this, but in 2004, Ben Roethlisberger's first game action his second, not his first, his second pass as an NFL quarterback was intercepted. His first pass was incomplete to Plexico Burris. The very next play, he threw a pass to Heinz Ward that was intercepted. Second pass of his career, his first drive of his NFL quarterback career ended with an interception. The first drive from Kenny Pickett and his very first pass was an interception. Ben Roethlisberger in 2004 then led the Steelers to two touchdowns to put the Steelers uh, in shot of making it a one-possession game. They were down 10 after the touchdown, tried for the two-point conversion, pass was incomplete, got the ball back, 10-point game, and Ben Roethlisberger threw a pick six to put the game out of reach. Kenny Pickett led the Steelers to two touchdowns, both of them running, not passing. 
and then through an interception to Pat Fryermuth, it was a bad throw. That's a bad throw. If you're going to throw it away, you got You can't throw it where you know your guy can get hands on. It. In the NFL, you can't just you know try. You know, give it the old college try. Yeah, well, it doesn't work in the NFL. You've got to make smart plays in the NFL. You can't just be like, hey, I'll throw it over here and hope for the best. That led to a touchdown that put the game out of reach. Holy crap, is this a coincidence? Or is this fate, destiny, the universe, the ghost of the Rooney family telling us that Pickett is going to be like Ben Roethlisberger? I don't think it's a coincidence, and I don't think it's fate. Rookie quarterbacks coming in when they're not prepared to play, suddenly forced into action, often have a lot of nerves. And they make turnover-worthy passes on their first drive. Whether that actually turns into a turnover is not up to them. right? You can throw a ball straight at a defensive back, and it can bounce off their hands. You can throw a ball that would have been picked off, but something happened and it didn't get picked off. Those happen. But when you see a rookie come in for their first action, it often happens that they throw a turnover-worthy pass on their first drive. They settle down. They play a bit better. Make some plays. Especially in this kind of situation where you're coming in and the defense has been prepared for a different quarterback. You come in. You show your abilities. Your team knows more about you than the opposing team. They they don't have any film to really watch on you. You do some plays that you've you've, designed that, that you know work with them, the offense changes a little bit, you know, some of the, like, the plays that worked best with Trubisky are not the plays that worked best with Pickett, so you focus more on those plays. The defense is more concerned and had been prepared for the plays that that Mitch Trubisky ran better, and all of a sudden they're seeing the plays that Pickett runs better, and they're, they're seeing plays they prepared less for being executed better than they've seen them executed, right? Stuff like that. It just throws the defense's preparation off, and you have some success. Kenny Pickett, two touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger, two touchdowns. In a close game late, a rookie quarterback in their first game frequently throws another inter- uh, turnover-worthy pass. It frequently happens. It happened with Ben Roethlisberger as he was getting the chance, and then he was forcing it. You know, He was getting a rhythm. They score two touchdowns, but now time is starting to run out. He's got to push the ball. He's got to, They've got to try and do something. He makes a turnover-worthy ball. It gets picked off for a pick six for Ben Roethlisberger in his first game. Kenny Pickett is in trouble, doesn't want to give up on the play, throws the ball over by Pat Fryermuth. It gets tipped and intercepted. If you go back and look at Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's first NFL game he, they're down three. He's driving for a game-winning drive, throws an interception. These kind of games where you're starting to push, you know, you start to find out, ooh, nope, that play that I could get away with in college, I can't get away with in the NFL. These kind of plays, these kinds of games are not at all uncommon for rookies. If the Steelers are going to wield an offense that scores more points, but also puts up more turnovers because Kenny Pickett is a rookie, and that's what rookie quarterbacks do in their first year. 
So even the good ones, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, turnovers in their first year. That's why you, you get a guy like Patrick Mahomes who didn't even play his first season. He skipped that year. He just flat out skipped it. If they're going to have that kind of offense, then on defense, they're going to need to be able to weather the storm. They're going to have, at times, a higher margin for error, and at other times, they're going to have to pick up the slack for the offense. We saw that in this game. Kenny Pickett throws his first interception. Minka Fitzpatrick gets it back. You know, great job. The other two, they they couldn't counter. They weren't there for With this defense... We see it struggling, but I want to talk about why this defense is struggling. And it starts, and it mainly focuses, when you're watching the film, when I'm looking at film, on that defensive line. And let me let me get to what I'm talking about here. And it's a problem, in my opinion, of talent. Obviously, we still have, we still have Cameron Hayward, right? But right now, Cameron Hayward is playing banged up. He's the oldest he's ever been. This is the oldest he's ever played in the NFL, right? He's playing banged up. He takes longer to heal. You're going to. As you get older, it takes longer to heal. Nagging injuries have more impact and take a bit longer to go away. He was banged up, nagging little injuries going into this game. He's gotten a few more. He added some more bumps and bruises playing this game. He was not the Cameron Hayward we're used to for a lot of this game. Just, you know, there's a step down from what the play that we expect from Cameron Hayward, that we take for granted coming from Cameron Hayward. Right now, he's a step below that. Larry Ogunjobi has been a good signing, But you compare him to the level of a 2020 Stefan Tuit or Tyson Alualu, he's not there. He's not that guy. Tyson Alualu is no longer that guy either. He's not who he was last year and a year ago, and the year before that. You look back at the 2019 season, this team had Cameron Hayward playing at an all pro level. This team had Stefan Tuitt playing at a very high level. This team had Alu Alu as their fourth defensive lineman, and their nose tackle was Javon Hargrave. You look at that lineup, and then you look at what we have now. I would say that right now, with Cam Hayward banged up, we have nobody playing on that defensive line at the level of what we had in 2019 and 2020 with Hayward, Tuitt, Hargrave in 2019, and Alu Alu in 2020. We got nobody on that level right now. The big problem is, to me, it's it's talent. To have talented defensive linemen, to have athletic, big, strong guys who know what they're doing to play football, you got to draft those guys. You're not, you're not sneaking them in. You're not finding an Aaron Smith that other teams aren't even looking at anymore. It doesn't work. Obviously, Cameron Hayward was drafted in 2011, right? But that line, the 2019-2020 line, was built 
in the draft with Stefan Tuitt in 2014. It was a second-round pick. 2015, they drafted a sixth-round pick, Latarius Walton. He was a good backup. 2016, third-round pick, Javon Hargrave. 2019, that defense really came together. That defensive line, even in 2018, that defensive line was a real strength for the team. But since the selection of Javon Hargrave in the third round in 2016, and Javon Hargrave was the third best defensive lineman on those lines, which is why we let him go. He was the number three guy. Since 2016, let's look at the defensive line draft picks. 2017, didn't pick anyone. 2018, seventh round, Joshua Frazier. 2019, sixth round, Isaiah Bugs. 2020, seventh round, Carlos Davis. 2021, fifth round, Isaiah Loudermilk. 2022, third round, DeMarvin Leal. DeMarvin Leal has stepped up his game. He is now ahead of Chris Wormley in, in snap counts in this last game. He had more, he was number three in defensive line snap counts. He's a third round pick. He's showing up. Part of the problem is, though, as he takes over, that's great. It shows that was a good pick. He's a talented young man who's developing developing quickly. But you're also seeing, again, with a rookie, some rookie mistakes. Where run fills are a step slow. I mean, like a half second slow. And that's that's enough for a running back to slip through. You're going to have those mistakes. You're going to live with those mistakes with a rookie. And he's the best option there. He just is. Steelers don't have better choices. I'm going to go back uh, in 2021. I Obviously, in hindsight, I, I can't really argue too much with the Pat, with the uh, Najee Harris pick. He has been very good for the Steelers, even though he's not playing like he did in his rookie season right now. Uh, he's obviously also banged up, and he's not quite 100% here. But I was very vocal then. I'm going to stay with it now. I wanted Christian Barmore. He ended up going to New England. He has been an absolute beast on their defensive line. He reminded me of a cross between a Stefan Tuitt and a Cameron Hayward. And I thought, this is the guy you draft. And this is a guy that can can be, you know, what DeMarvin Leal is right now. He could have been last year. Could have came in, learned under Cameron Hayward, and become a leader of this defense in the future. I thought he was a great candidate for that. Uh, they went with Najee Harris. Najee Harris was a very good running back for us last year. Uh, looking like he's getting slowly getting back into form this year. But we see the defensive line just lacks that kind of talent, that kind of pedigree. And I'd like to see the Steelers take an early defensive tackle. This year or something, something has to happen. This defensive line is not what it was. And I think going forward, the Steelers need to consider that Cameron Hayward might be your captain. He might be your leader on the defensive line, but that doesn't mean he's your best defensive lineman. Go get somebody who's an absolute stud defensive lineman that can make an impact as a rookie next season and let him learn from Cameron Hayward. Before Cameron Hayward you know, diminishes enough that he retires, he's done. The problem with the defensive line, the reason I say it's a, it's a big problem, is without T.J. Watt, this defensive front is not getting enough pressure. They're not stopping the run enough. 
people talk a lot about the middle of the field being open, but a lot of the reason that's open is on play action, both of our inside linebackers are jumping the run because they have to. Because otherwise we're getting run all over. So when the linebackers, and, and I mean when Terrell Edmonds is in there, Terrell Edmonds is up there defending the run too. When you've got everybody, you know, jumping the run just to try and keep your run defense from scuttling your game, play action passing is going to destroy you. And it does. Right now, the smallest play action leaves, boom, middle of the field's open. Throw it to a tight end, running back, wide receiver, whoever. They're going to be open. There's no one there. Because if they don't jump the run, you just hand it off. Why would you? You know, you don't need to do it. Then you can just hand it off and win the game. The lack of pressure means you either blitz and leave things open for the for the, the offense to find, or you allow them to have time in the pocket and find the open receivers. This whole defense is struggling right now because the defensive line is just not as talented as it needs to be. And TJ Watt isn't here to cover for all the issues of this defense with his splash plays. Heading forward this season with Kenny Pickett, if the Steelers decide to go with Kenny Pickett the rest of the season, I mean, if they go back to Mitchell Trubisky, the offense isn't going to be better than what we saw from Kenny here. So I I have to say, like, the defense is not going to be good enough, and I wonder if the offense is going to be good enough to cover for the defense. I doubt it, even with Kenny Pickett. I doubt they're going to get to that point. I really have a hard time seeing them winning more than one of the next four games. And if you ask me to look at the matchups and say, which game do they win? I, I don't have one. I don't have an answer for you. We've got some of the top defenses in the NFL coming up. Kenny Pickett isn't going to be carving them up. You go back to Mitch Trubisky, he isn't either. We'll see what happens. There's always hope any given Sunday, all of that. But uh, as for record, I, I don't see this team doing much until TJ Watt is fully healthy. And then, you know, who knows? You can pull off crazy upsets when TJ Watt is dominating the game. Hopefully we don't have to rely entirely on that. That's the first half of our episode. When we come back for the second half, we're going to really focus on Kenny Pickett and what he brings to the offense and what he changes about the offense and what I expect to see happening with the Steelers' offense going forward this season. Stay tuned for that. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you're checking out all the podcasts on Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and reading our articles, keeping up to date with all things Pittsburgh Steelers on your one-stop shop for everything Pittsburgh Steelers 
BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Looking at Kenny Pickett and his first action, a couple things stood out. First off, George Pickens. Kenny Pickett threw four passes to George Pickens. Four for four for 71 yards. Before the second half of week four, before Kenny Pickett took over, George Pickens' numbers were seven receptions on 16 targets, under 50%, for 96 yards. Six yards per target. It's not good. Four for four for 71 is a big difference. And I want to talk about why that matters and what really has led to that. Mitch Trubisky was focusing on not making mistakes not taking too many chances with the ball. And one thing we found, even though George Pickens says I'm always open, what he means and what we traditionally think of as open, which is like separation between you and the defender. Uh, if you look at next-gen stats from the NFL, George Pickens had either one of the lowest or the absolute lowest average separation from his coverage of any receiver in the NFL. And there was a little bit of people laughing like, yeah, you open all the time, dude. No, you're never open. Well, James Washington was never really open either, right? Ben Roethlisberger barely threw to him. Mason Rudolph threw, threw to him more, but with, with very little success. Devlin Hodges came in in 2019 and would just throw the ball. Throw the ball to James Washington. Put a ball where he can catch it, not necessarily where only he can catch it, you know, making the safe throw. Just throw it and put it in a place where he can catch it and let him fight for that thing. And James Washington led the Steelers in receiving yards that year, almost entirely based on his production with Devlin Hodges. I came in last week, I was saying the Steelers needed to do that for Pickens. They threw him some more passes, they ran some more routes for him, for him even with Trubisky. But when Pickett came in, Pickett just threw it. If you've got Pickens one-on-one, put the ball in a spot where Pickens can make a play and let him make that play. Let him make it. And Pickens did. Four for four, 71 yards. This is an important step. If that combination of Pickett to Pickens can be enough of a threat, the Steelers can fix one of the major things they're facing on offense that has really hampered them. And that is despite all those targets going out to the outside. Deontay Johnson on out routes, uh, George Pickens up the sideline. I mean, they threw to Pickens a decent amount. 16 times in three and a half games. It's still a decent amount of targets. That's over four targets a game. But you're not completing them. You're not putting threat. No one was afraid of it. So teams left George Pickens in one-on-one coverage. And they did a lot of cover one, a lot of cover one rat, where you have a, a you know man coverage on guys, but you also have someone in the middle of the field taking away slant routes, taking away in-cutting routes, taking away crossers and drag routes, a lot of the routes that the Steelers really do well with, especially in Matt Canada's offense. Those are some of the focal points of that offense, and it struggles when you don't have the ability to threaten those because they just have numbers. You put three men in the middle of the field and they got four defenders and and you're all covered. Doesn't matter. We haven't been able to pass to the middle field, partly because the other team is like, we're not going to let you throw to the middle of the field. We're going to make you beat us on the outside. 
And the Steelers haven't been able to do that. But if you're throwing four passes to George Pickens for 71 yards, that's a game changer. That's different. We're not, people don't want to give up, you know, 16, 17 yards. What is it? 71 divided by four would be almost 18 yards per target. Six yards per target. Yeah, we'll force you to make those throws. 18 yards per target? Mm, Now you're shifting coverage that way. Now you're putting that safety deep. Now you're going cover two instead of cover one. Now the middle of the field is open more. There's one less guy inside. You're either going man or you're going zone. The middle of the field opens up. All of a sudden, Chase Claypool on those post routes to the middle of the field, attacking the middle of the field, deep middle of the field. Those are a little more dangerous. The underneath routes have a little more space. This is the kind of plays the Steelers needed to tell defenses you are not going to be able to just jam the middle of the field and put our outside receivers on -on one-on-one coverage and win. Every snap. And just shut down our offense. You can't do it now. It's what the Steelers need. They got a good sign that they're heading in that direction with Kenny Pickett to George Pickens. Kenny Pickett also was very, very good throwing to Pat Fryermuth. Those two hooked up really well. Three receptions, four targets for 36 yards for t- and two t- first downs in a half a game. Very good stuff. Both uh, Pickens and Fryermuth ended the game with record production and receiving yards. Mitch Trubisky also had a decent game throwing to had a good game throwing to Pat Fryermuth. Deontay Johnson from Pat Fryermuth, two for two for 11 yards and a first down. They were short routes. They have not worked together. I expect uh, in my in my preseason evaluation, I said where who would benefit from which quarterback. And Deontay Johnson to me was the guy who stood to benefit the most from Kenny Pickett and the least from Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky actually was targeting Deontay Johnson at a higher rate than Ben Roethlisberger did last year. Deontay Johnson under Mitchell Trubisky, was on pace to get more targets than he did last season, but for even less yards per target. Even worse production. Under Kenny Pickett, half a game, two targets, 11 yards, not great. But I think we need to see first off is that, again, the the defense is focusing on taking away the middle of the field. Uh, Kenny Pickett's probably weakest routes, in my opinion, are the really far downfield ones and then those short outs because those short outs are quick throws that require arm strength. You know, I like I like Kenny Pickett a lot more on the 8 to 10 yard out routes where anticipation can cover for arm strength a little bit. You know, you can just anticipate where the guy's going to be and throw it a little earlier and get it there. Uh, when you would if you'd thrown it a, a half a second later, you know, or a quarter second later with much more arm strength. You can kind of make up for a lot of throws in that mid-range uh, with anticipation when you don't have elite arm strength. Really short, quick throws that are long to the outside, that's arm strength, man. You gotta, you've got you got to rifle that laser beam out there on time and quick. That's what they've been running with Deontay Johnson because they haven't been able to get stuff across the middle because, again, defenses are jamming the middle. When the middle opens up, I expect Deontay Johnson and Kenny Pickett to be better. Also, 
they haven't had many snaps together. They weren't really working together a lot. So we'll see. I think that'll come together. Remember, Chase Claypool was injured a lot this preseason, didn't get to work with the quarterbacks. And when he did, he was working a lot with Mitchell Trubisky, not a lot with Kenny Pickett. So those are two he has to build more chemistry with. I expect that to go better. I do. Uh, We'll see with Chase Claypool. Uh, Chase Claypool and Kenny Pickett, I I don't think are as ideal in a match, uh, but I think they'll be fine. Of course, I didn't think Pickens and Kenny Pickett would be the best, but Pickett has better placement and more touch on balls downfield. He likes taking those touch shots downfield to give his receiver a chance to catch the ball. He threw a lot of those to Jordan Addison, and he's going to throw them to George Pickens. Those two are going to be good. Those two are going to be good, and hopefully that opens up the rest of the offense, opens up the run game, opens up play-action passing, which Kenny Pickett is is doing better at. The Steelers, actually in in week four, the Steelers' offense in the first half was doing more play-action. They were, they were getting Mitchell Trubisky out of the pocket more. They were doing a lot of the things they hadn't done enough to get Mitchell Trubisky going. And I really found it interesting that in spite of that, they still couldn't score. And that's the game Mitch Trubisky gets benched. It's the game they really put together an offense that I thought suited Mitch Trubisky's strengths. And he still couldn't cut it. As we head forward with a Kenny Pickett-led offense. It's going to be important. Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens, get those two going. You know, play action passing. Whether you, uh, the idea that you do have to get the run game going to really do play action passing is not true. Play action passing is always a threat. It always has the possibility of doing things. If you execute it well, it's going to work. If Kenny Pickett can execute play action passing well, it will open up the middle of the field even more than than just, you know, being able to hit George Pickens outside, Will. This offense, under Kenny Pickett, shows promise. But again, this is a rookie. And again, we saw him make throws that you just have to learn how to make in the NFL with experience. He made some college reads, made some college throws. And you can't get away with that, even against the New York Jets, who aren't a great team. He's going to be facing much better defenses, and this is going to be rough. I don't expect this to look good if Kenny Pickett is the starter in the next four games. But I expect it to look better than it would with Mitch Trubisky. I'll take the growing pains. I love to see passes thrown in rhythm. You're facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. That's a heavy zone defense. You need a guy that can throw in rhythm, on time, short routes, hit people in the gaps in the zone. Trubisky wasn't that guy. Kenny Pickett's better at that. We'll see how much better as a rookie he can be at it. If the Steelers go back to Mitch Trubisky, man, that's going to be really hard to do. Uh, I kind of think that would be the best option because the next four weeks are not nice. They're not friendly to a young quarterback. It's going to be brutal. It's really going to mess with Kenny Pickett. And you can, you know, it's a big thing to have that confidence as a quarterback that you can take those lumps and recover from them. But if if Kenny Pickett is in there and he doesn't know what's going on and he doesn't know what he's seeing, 
then it's a problem. That's when quarterbacks start going off script. That's when quarterbacks start developing bad habits that they then have to try and break. You don't want that. I don't envy Mike Tomlin, the situation he's in. I uh, I was kind of leaning towards the Steelers. Maybe bringing Mason Rudolph into the equation before this game. But they went with Trubisky and Pickett, and they're going to roll with it. After the game, uh, Mitch Trubisky didn't seem to be happy, but he didn't say anything out of character. I think he saw what we all saw. He had his chance to be this team's quarterback, and he blew it. And he's probably not an NFL starter anymore. This kind of chance where you have a chance to come back and show you've grown, show you've done, you know, that year in Buffalo really changed you and you're you're finally ready to be a starter, you know, until this young kid's ready to take over and then you last three and a half games and the offense is terrible. Yeah. I, I think Mitch Trubisky just saw his career as an NFL starter is now gone. It's a good thing. He is a very likable guy. You know, a kind of guy you vote for a team captain. uh, Because you can make a career in the NFL off of being a not good starting quarterback who is a great guy in the locker room. (laughs) Mitch Trubisky is going to get to be that guy now. All right. That's, That's my thoughts. Here on the Steelers offense, I am excited for the Kenny Pickett era. I am resigned to the Steelers being a terrible team with TJ Watt out. I mean, really, our ability to win football games right now hinges on TJ Watt being healthy and impactful. And that's pretty much it. So, looking forward, at least we get to see Kenny Pickett. We get to watch him grow. Stick around for these shows. We'll be talking about him a lot. Talking about the receivers a lot. Talking about Matt Canada's offense a lot going forward. This season, no matter how good or bad it goes for the Steelers, no matter if TJ Watt is playing or not, (laughs) at this point it kind of lines up. I mean, it's it's 0-8-1 when TJ Watt plays Less than 50% of the snaps the last three seasons. So, yeah, not so great. Um, Again, we'll, hey, Buffalo, we'll face the Buffalo Bills, who are one of the top teams in the NFL in scoring differential, and we'll see if the Steelers can flip the script and pull off a big upset like they did week one of last year. Although, uh, after that upset by the Steelers in week one of last year, I don't think the Bills are going to be overlooking this team. I think they're going to be looking to light us up. I think they're going to, and they're going to have the opportunity because this defense is in shambles right now. That's our show. I I normally am a little more optimistic. I'm normally a little more positive. I'm a more positive person, and I like to I like to be more positive. But uh, on the football side of it, man, we've got hope, and that's pretty much it. So keep a hold of that, and uh, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and as always, 
Let's go Steelers. 